One of the most helpful things I learned is that I'm not alone. You're not alone. And as we open up to the right people, we'll see our communities grow bigger and stronger. If you find this video helpful, please support us by liking and subscribing. And if you know someone this video can help, please pass it their way. My mission is to help make the world a safer place by sharing with you the stories that saved me. All right, so talk to me about your childhood. I had a pretty, I had a pretty balanced childhood, I would say. Um, I've learned to label it correctly. You know, I was balanced, um, very battle-tested. Um, it was uh, Baltimore in the 90s, so it was uh, high drug activity, high violence, um, but high, high, high presence of God. Um, I, that has to be noted about my city because I think that doesn't that doesn't get that doesn't get enough press. Is that yes, while the drugs and the violence, all that stuff is that's the stuff that makes the news. But um, on almost every other corner in Baltimore is a church. It's a city that loves God. Um, it's just tough. It's tough. Most of us grow up. Um, most of my friends, most of the people I grew up with, we all had the same story. My dad died when I was seven. Um, mom was on drugs, raised by my grandparents. How did your dad die? My dad died from AIDS. And that, that was like a big thing for me. So like in the 90s, there was this big, big, you know, dark cloud over AIDS. Mm -hmm. so, you know what I mean? So like, it took me a long time to even get comfortable to say, hey, tell people, hey, my, hey, my dad died from AIDS. I used to tell people my, my dad was killed. Because mm -hmm. I felt like that was the shortest exit out of that conversation. Mm -hmm. That feeling comes off a little bit embarrassing because it's like I was, I was embarrassed to say my dad had AIDS because I didn't, I didn't want people to think my dad was gay. Mm -hmm. Which is like, there's, there was just so much pressure back then for you to only accept things one way. Mm -hmm. So it like it forced me to put up this this window in the shadow to say, hey, you know, my dad was killed. You know what I mean? But no, my dad died from AIDS. He was um, an IV drug user. Uh, went to jail and shared it with someone who was HIV positive. He definitely he told me what was going on. Uh, very honest with me. Um, it was a it was like a really candid conversation that I don't even think like. My like my family really realized how how like deep and specific the conversation he had with me was. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, my dad died. He kind of explained to me what was going on, um, how he contracted AIDS, and he let me know that he um, that it would, that it would kill him. I didn't watch him die. I did see what it was doing to his body. Um, that's why I said like I don't think my family even knows how candid, detailed, and specific that experience was. Um, he showed me what it was doing to his body. Um, and that's, at 35 years old, it's, like, it's an image that, it, that it'll never leave my head. Like, it's never, ever left my head since I was a kid. Um, but it saved me. It saved me. I understood at a very early age that there were um, extreme consequences for extreme behavior. 
So whatever choice you're gonna make, be willing to stand and deal with the consequences. That's what I learned at a very, very young age. I think my grandmother may have, hand, may have tried to handle it in a different way. Um, she tried to hide it from you or? Yeah, so I was like pretty much kind of surprised with this death. He prepared me in a way that I felt like she tried to shield me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, cause he, he, he was in the hospital. Um, he had taken, he, he had gotten pneumonia. So he was in the hospital. And um, I remember me and my sister asking, you know, like, when are we gonna go, when are we gonna see daddy? And they're like, oh, we're gonna go Saturday. We're gonna go Saturday. And Saturday comes and we're getting dressed and it's just, it's all weird. Like, we're getting pretty dressed up <laughs> to go see that. <laughs> and then, yeah, we were we were on our way to his funeral. And, um, I'm sorry. It was weird, though. It was a weird feeling. Like, some days, I could be honest enough to say, um, some days I don't know, I don't know how I feel about it. I know it's created, a, um, it's created a huge wedge between me and my grandmother. Um, we have zero relationship. Right now? Yeah. I, um, we have not had a relationship in, I'm 35. We probably haven't had a relationship in over 10 years. Um, what caused that? She was very abusive. Like, it was really, really bad. So it was like that's why, I, like that's why I said I had a balanced childhood because it's like I felt like I was always being prepared to see both sides of the coin. Mm-hmm. So like prior to you know my mom wasn't a drug addict my whole life. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I wasn't born into this world with my mom on drugs. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom, my mom was a hustler. Like my mom went to beauty school, had her, had her license, things like that. Um, and I, I came from a family that was getting money. Um, when did she turn to drugs? When my dad died. How was that? Like watching your dad die because of drugs essentially, yeah. and then watching your mom go down that path. Um, scary. Honestly, no. It was so normal and so commonplace that I didn't know that anything was wrong. Um, and I did have uh, a grandma. I had a grandmother, uh, my father's mom, um, the most amazing person I've ever met in my life. This is not the grandma you're talking mm-hmm. about. Okay. So that's why I said my life has always been about. I've had a very balanced life. Like yeah. no matter what side of the coin you looked at, it, I always had the yin and the yang of it. I've always had the positive and the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, Which grandma raised you? So technically, I was raised by both my grandmothers. Um, Monday through Friday, I would. I, pre- I predominantly lived. I lived in school. Went to school with my mom's mom. Mm-hmm. So Monday to Friday, me and my sister would be there. Every Friday, like clockwork, my dad's mom would be there to pick us up. The way I describe it is, she was very abusive, very physically, verbally abusive, things like that. Um, but when we went in public, it was weird because she would she would rave about me in public. Um, mm. Like show me off as like this, you know, this educated trophy. I was getting scholarships and things like that from fifth grade on. Um, accepted into every school in the city, um, presidential awards, things like that. 
Um, but so she did. She did instill some good, very good habits in me when, you know, like she used to punish me with encyclopedias. You know, so I'd be down and I'd be down in there, and I, I have to read encyclopedias and write reports. And the scary part is, she actually read the encyclopedias, so she knew if I, if I you know, she knew if I was wrong, if I, if I wasn't actually um, doing the work. So a lot of things she did did prepare me um, for life and for what would what, what would be going on. I just didn't know. I didn't know that she was. Um, I didn't know she was preparing me. I don't think she knew she was preparing me as well as she did. But it was it was very, very hard. It was very hard um, living there. It was very hard growing up. Um, I, I developed this era where I, I damaged myself because she, she, she promoted my, my education and my knowledge so much that I felt like that was the only way I could get to her. So then I made the choice to, to not do anything in school. That was my way of getting back at her. Mm. You don't have anything to brag about now. You know, I was, I'm all these things. I, I was hateful, I was mean, I was this, I was that. So it's like, you call a child something enough, they'll become it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you, you put something into a child's head enough, it's like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna get beat and treated like this anyway, I might as well actually start being this. Mm -hmm. I recognize that the feelings I've had I have toward her are, are unhealthy, mm -hmm. and it doesn't it, it hurts to have that sort of feeling towards someone that typically you know that's not you try to explain it to most people you know grandma is like that's the heart and soul <laughs> of what goes on yeah. you know like. I know grown people that still live in their grandmother's bed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, that was hard. Yeah, no one understands it when you try to explain it to mm -hmm. them. Yeah. What I do realize about life is I don't know what battle she fought. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what led up to her being how she was toward me um, or anyone else because she didn't treat all of my cousins like that. She didn't treat, you know, she didn't treat everyone like that. It was just, really mainly it was my mom's kids. Like there was a, there was a large resentment towards my mom's kids. Um, which, that's a, that's something I guess, you know, that, that's what, those are those generational curses. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, hurt people hurt people. So, like, you know, no one comes back to fix anything, then, you know, the next generation is going to be doubly traumatized. So, mm -hmm. if, like, if, if, if I go into my relationship with my kids with all my trauma and all, all my issues and things I have to overcome, knowing they're going to have speed bumps in life, that doubles the load because mm -hmm. I'm passing down mine and now they have to carry it on. Mm -hmm. So... I understand that and you know I try to find a balance in it mentally to where I'm not I don't find myself making excuses for people mistreating me mm -hmm. you know that's the upsetting balance in it sometimes because it's like am I being soft about it you know what I mean am I being too forgiving because I, I you know I am um, that's my mantra too much of anything is bad for you mm -hmm. you know 
My grandmother, y'all, God rest her soul, girl. My grandmother always used to tell me, said, baby, that love in your chest gonna get you killed. <laughs> she used to always tell me that. And that love in your chest gonna get you killed. So, you know, too much of anything is bad for you. So I just try to find that balance, keep myself positive. But yeah, it was, it was rough, man. It was rough. Um, just psychologically, it was, it was a lot. We survived it though. I wouldn't trade it. Uh, it made me a way stronger person. Um, I just don't like this idea and this narrative, especially within my community, that we have to be traumatized to succeed. A lot of us, we go try to explain stuff to our parents, our grandmother and dad. They say, well, you made it, didn't you? That's not mm -hmm. the point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, like, that's completely not the point. Yeah. That is not the point of this thing we call life. You know what I mean? Like, you, are, you do not need to be traumatized to succeed. Mm -hmm. You do not need to be traumatized to build character. Do you need to be a little tested to find out if the things you've been practicing work for sure? Mm -hmm. But that does not, you know, trauma, tr trauma with no acknowledgement. You know how detrimental that is? Mm -hmm. When you minimize what someone feels and you tell these kids that you made it, didn't you? You may think that that makes that kid feel like a survivor. No, it makes you feel less than. Mm -hmm. It makes you feel not valued. Mm -hmm. Your story doesn't mean anything. It's so regular. You went through this, this, and this, and this. Your parents may have did this. People may have mistreated you. They may have abused you. They may have done this. You made it, didn't you? Wow, way to minimize my journey. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you. Yeah. So where is the room for the kid that's smart enough to know better, but too traumatized to do better? Um, it's a really, really, really powerful question, and that's, that's the journey I'm on. It's like, I want to be the person to go out, to, to go out on that limb and speak for those kids that, because that was me. I was that kid that was smart enough to know better. I was, I knew the things that I was doing wrong. Um, I, I wanted them to be acknowledged as wrong acts. Like that, that was the, the, that was the bravado at the time. But there was no room for that smart kid to say, hey, you know, I want to come outside and hang out with everybody, but I don't want to go steal from the corner store. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and that's the thing, that's the message I want us to get out there, especially in our inner city communities, especially, um, especially in the black community. We have to leave room for that kid that doesn't want to be a part of. You know, say leave room for that kid that, you know, wants to go to, you know, the performing arts school rather than go to the high school. You know, leave the room for that kid that, you know, hey, he wants to be a phlebotomist. He doesn't want to be a basketball player. Mm -hmm. You know, there's more than one path to success. You know, leave room for that, that inner city kid that wants to be a police officer. You know, how can we, you know, change something we're not a part of? You know, but we'll, we'll discourage each other and traumatize each other with these different standards, you know, which handicaps people. But then these same individuals, they find that success and then people want them to come back to the neighborhoods that shun them. The room resides in all of us. The room for that kid, there's space in all of our hearts for, for that kid. Um, 
but we have to we have to we have to get to an energy and a space with each other where we allow that kid to know it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell my kids all the time, like it's okay to be hurt. Like it's okay. I tell people, it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. It is completely okay. It's okay to be different. It's okay to be the kid that says, "Oh man, you guys are tripping. I'm going in the house." You know what I mean? I, one of one of my best friends in the whole world, one of my closest family members in my entire life, is that guy. You know what I mean? He has all the same friends, friends that grew up in the hood, all the other stuff like that. And he'll tell you in a heartbeat, I will call the police on you. <laughs> so like, and we don't treat him no differently, don't look at him no differently. In fact, it makes us respect him more because I know he's being himself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, we, we, there is still room for, for people to be loved, accepted, and appreciated for who they are. Mm-hmm. But creating that 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 space and that room for them to feel open enough to say, "Hey, I'm I don't I don't like sports. You know what I mean? I like classical music. You know what I mean? Where's the room for the kid that wants to play the violin that doesn't want to make beats? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Where's the Where's the room for the kid who you know wants to rollerblade? Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to ride dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. You know." Where's the room for the kid that maybe likes to paint? You know what I mean? He doesn't, maybe he doesn't like to do graffiti. Maybe he likes to paint flowers. Yeah. You know, so I think we're in a, we're, we're, we're trained and taught to be super reactive and judgmental toward everything and um, everyone. So like, it almost kind of sometimes can feel like there's, there's one way to life. You know what I mean? Like they're like, it's like one way to do this life thing. It's like, no man, there's actually, I don't think any of us have the exact number amount of ways that you can live. Yeah, we don't even know. It's infinite, you know what I mean? Like the amount of ways you can live is infinite. So I just encourage people to um, change the narrative, um, unlearn and relearn and really, really do some hard dissecting and thinking and look around you because we'll see a lot of the things and a lot of the inconsistencies that we perpetuate. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tell people that the guy come, comes home from jail, um, you know, we, we celebrate, we wait outside the gates, we hug him, we love him, we take him shopping, you know, we give him money, help him get on his feet, things like that. You know, that kid that's been busting his ass all semester, you know, barely eating, things like that. He comes back home, he gets walked by. Mm-hmm. He walk, walk next. Nobody, why don't we celebrate that kid and take him shopping every time he comes home from a semester, make sure that he has everything he needs to make, because that's the kid that could come back and change our lives. Mm-hmm. That kid could be, could, could potentially be a future lawmaker or anything like that and change the, the landscape and the prospects for all our children going forward. Each one teach one. Mm-hmm. But we have these reverse narratives you know, like I said, it goes back to trauma, you know. In our culture, the more traumatized you are, the, the more gangster you are. So, like, that circles back to that question, like, where's the room for the kid that's smart enough to know better but too traumatized to do better because we reward for trauma. Mm. We reward you for being traumatized and we reward you for inflicting trauma on your own people. 
But um, yeah, it's 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 a, it's a lot of room for different kids out here. Um, we just don't, they don't we just don't make these babies feel like it's okay. We don't make each other feel like it's okay. Um, we're not nurturing. We're like more bullying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And 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 bullying is an amazing, amazing and accurate label for it because people will, it, like bullying is not just hanging you upside down and shaking your change out your pockets. Mm-hmm. Now people will like it's like emotional bullying, psychological bullying. People will bully you into believing the world how they believe it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like hey, if you don't believe things this way, then you're not right. It's like, whoa. You know what I mean? Where where's the room back for people that want to just disagree? Yeah. You know what I mean? We can respectfully disagree. We can agree to disagree. You like apples, I like oranges, but we both like fruit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like our, our our differences actually make us a little stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now that I know that you like apples and I like oranges, if Someone's in trouble or someone's, oh man, I wonder what apple, hey, I know someone that loves apples. Yeah, yeah. Give me one second, I'll give him a call. Yeah. That's the networking, isn't it? Yeah. Not like, oh, oh, I, oh, I know someone that likes, oh, you like apples too? Oh, you must be like, now nah, I'm yeah. bored a whole argument or have with you to this person. Uh-huh. So if I take, you know, let's just say you got the crust in the pan, but I have the filling. Together we can bake a pie. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting over there acting like crust and filling is the most important part, and I'm making it seem like the filling is the most important part, nobody eats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? Like That's my whole thing. It's like, yes, I disagree with a lot, but it doesn't prevent me from learning. It doesn't prevent me from being inspired by someone. Um, it doesn't prevent me from offering encouragement to someone. Um, I can disagree with everything about you, you what you do, and that still won't prevent me from helping you. Yeah. It still won't prevent me from loving you. It still won't prevent me from supporting you. Um, I've learned how simple of a concept love is. The details of it get a little tricky when we want, you know, you know, that's what anything humans touch because we put our human standards on it. Mm-hmm. But love is a very simple concept. You, you have to guard your energy, uh, guard your way, and it takes too much energy to hate someone. So love, love on people, man. You, you get more bees with honey than vinegar, like my grandmother would say. I love your grandma's quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I love your grandma's quotes. Yeah, she, she's got like the illest quotes ever, man. Like ever. She had a quote for everything. 